بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی فرسٹ آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی فور الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu And I'm on the section in which I'm mentioning our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam deep love for this noble companion and his status in the glorious deen. And I've reached the point where I've mentioned the holy verse A'i Surah 57 verse 10 in which Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions that those who embraced Islam before the victory they are greater than those who embraced Islam after the victory. And then I was mentioning what is the victory in reference to. And yesterday I mentioned some of the proofs in which some of the scholars have said the victory is in reference to the fall of Makkah. So the other viewpoint, and can there be another viewpoint? And the answer is yes. For there are authentic reports which seem to indicate otherwise, i.e. that the Fath is not the fall of Makkah. So to mention a few. In Tabarani in his Sagheer, Tabarani in his Kabir, number 3801, Abu Ya'la, Bazar, Ibn Asakir, Hafiz ibn Abdul Barr Rahmatullahi in his Al-Istiyab, volume 1, page 409, Tanzil Umal, volume 7, page 138, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 349, stated Hassan, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 448 of the New English Translation. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abu Awfa, radiyallahu, he said, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, radiyallahu, He once complained to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about Khalid ibn al-Walid radiyallahu to which he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded O Khalid radiyallahu never heard the veterans of Badr for you will never be able to match the deeds they carried out even though you now spend as much as Mount Uhud in gold Khalid radiyallahu humbled himself but then said when people insult me I respond to them in the same way to which Rasulullah said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never heard Khalid radiyallahu for verily he is a sword from amongst the swords of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rains down upon the unbelievers so this is one report So looking at it briefly, is it authentic? Yes. It's recorded in Tabarani and Al-Haytami, Rahmatullah Ali said it's authentic. So there was an altercation between Sayyid al-Muslimin, one of the elite temple of his paradise, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf radiyallahu, and Sayyidullah, i.e. the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam immediately defended Abdul Rahman ibn Awf and he told Khalid, never heard the veterans of Badr even if you were to spend as much as Mount Uhud in gold 
you couldn't match any of their deeds. And then, of course, the Prophet then went on to praise Khalid radiallahu anhu. Clarifying further, Sayyidina Anas radiallahu Hassan al-Basri and others, rahimahumullah, they all relate. There once arose a dispute between Abdul Rahman ibn Auf and Khalid bin Walid radiallahu Khalid radiallahu said in anger to Abdul Rahman radiallahu do not assert your superiority over me just because you accepted Islam a day or two before me. So in the report. So obviously they're angry. It's a heated argument. And Khalid said these words. What did he say? He goes, don't think that you are superior to me because you embraced Islam a day or two before me. So is that true? The answer is no. It was 20 years. <laughs> but obviously when you're heated, you're not thinking straight. So he said these words. When news of this reached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, Will you people not leave my companions alone for my sake? I swear by the being who controls my life. If any of your, i.e. the latter companions, have to spend the equivalent of Mount Uhud in gold, he would still not even attain their reward of spending half a mud. Sometime thereafter, Another argument now broke out between Abdul Rahman ibn Auf and Zubair ibn al-Awam. Khalid ibn al-Walid seeing this, he approached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa you forbade me from hurting Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, but now Zubair is disputing with him. To which he sallallahu alayhi wa replied, they are all veterans of Badr and they thus have a right to dispute amongst each other oh Khalid <laughs> so let's look at it so this is recorded in Ahmad Ibn Asakir Kanzul Omal volume 7 page 138 Hayat al-Sahab volume 3 page 449 of the New English Translation so how are these reports a proof that the victory the Fath referred to in Surah Hadith was not the fall of Makkah, but it was the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. How? How do we determine this? The first way to prove this from these reports. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he said, when the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was concluded, Rasulullah thereupon said to us, in the near future, will appear people whose deeds will make your deeds look mean and trifling. However, I will now inform you that even if one of them possessed a mountain of gold and he spent it all in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would still not attain to your spending a mud or half a mud, i.e. around two-thirds of a kilo. So this is recorded in Abu Nu'im, Ibn Mardawih, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir in their respective tafsirs, and Sheikh Maududi in his tafsir, volume 14, page 19 of the English translation. So what does it clearly say in this report? When the treaty of Hudaybiyah was concluded, it clearly says it. So the treaty has been signed. This is the sixth, late sixth, early seventh year of the Hijrah. 
when the treaty was signed, the Prophet said these words. He goes, in the near future, meaning after, people will appear and their deeds will make your deeds look very small. And it's true. If you look at some of the worship of the Salaf who came later, you think they did more worship than the Sahaba? So the Prophet said that. But then he said, however, even if one of them possessed a mountain of gold, gave it in the path of Allah, he wouldn't be able to reach, a, you know, like we say, two-thirds of a kilo of what you gave. So this is the proof that the Fath is the treaty of Hudaybiyah. Are you happy with that? Or shall I clarify upon that more? So, who's at the argument? First of all, Khalid bin Abdul Rahman. Okay. Zubair bin Good. Who did Rasulullah rebuke? Khalid. And what did he say to him? He said, you're not from the, the Badris, from the earlier ones. And then what did he say? Even if you spend a mountain of gold equivalent to Uhud, you could not attain a very small amount that they give in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet said that clearly to Khalid. <laughs> this report, exactly the same words was uttered by the Prophet But when did he utter them? When the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was concluded. So can it be that the fall, the, the Fath be the fall of Makkah? No. Because the Prophet is now giving you the timeline. It's after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So that's one proof. Secondly, Khalid ibn al-Walid was rebuked for speaking against Abdul Rahman ibn Awf. Why? For Khalid had embraced Islam after the treaty of Hudaybiyah. But certainly before the fall of Makkah. Have you understood this? So what is their consensus on? Khalid has embraced Islam before Makkah fall. That's, there's a consensus on that. Did he embrace Islam before the Treaty of Hudaybiyah? The scholars said no. So logically, it must have been between the Treaty and the fall of Makkah. This is why Rasulullah rebuked Khalid. Because Allah Ta'ala is saying that you cannot match. They're not the same. Those who come after the Fath. The Fath has to be the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Those if the sacred verse in Surah Al-Hadid referred to the fall of Makkah, which I mentioned yesterday in the proofs, our beloved Messenger would not have made a distinction between these two companions, for they would have fallen into the same elite category. <laughs> have you understood? <laughs> Those, the scholars state, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was best. So why have I mentioned this? Is it to confuse you to add unnecessary details so the response is no you have to understand where these companions status is but now let's turn to ourselves this is where the howl it is subhanallah whatever the case if the junior companions are incapable of reaching the status of the senior companions 
no matter how incredible their deeds, then where do sinners like ourselves stand in comparison to this? So this is, you know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to worry that, oh, if Allah is basically rebuking the junior sahaba for arguing with the senior sahaba, so who was rebuked? The soul of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of his arguing with Abdul Rahman ibn Awf If Rasulullah got angry with the junior sahaba for finding fault with the senior sahaba, what on earth would he do to us? So think about that. You know, people speak about the sahaba as if they're normal people. He should have done that. She should have stayed at home. He should have done that. The response to that is, what do you think the Prophet would say to you? If he hasn't even spared the sword of Allah, so imagine, you think it is the sword of Allah, the Prophet's in a turn a blind eye, Khalid, don't argue with him. He didn't just, he gave severe reprimand. But then Khalid goes, but if people insult me, Ya Rasulullah, what should I do? And then the Prophet then prays Khalid. In other words, he's the sword of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, the junior sahaba, with regards to the junior companions, those who embrace Islam after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, Nusair ibn Dhu'luk, he said, Rahmatullah Abdullah ibn Umar used to often say, La tasubbu ashab Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fala muqamu ahadihim sa'a khayran min amali ahadikum umrah do not revile the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for the stay of any one of them for a brief period with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is still far better than all the good deeds that any one of you does in his entire lifetime. Subhanallah. This is recorded in Ibn Majah number 162 in the chapter on the Sunnah. Ahmad and his Fada'il al-Sahaba number 15, Hafiz Busaydi rahmatullah stated Sahih. So what did the great Abdullah Ibn Umar say, who is a senior Sahaba? He said, don't revile the companions of Muhammad. And he gave you a reason. The stay of any one of them for a brief period. So who is he talking about? Senior or junior? Junior. So he's senior. He's talking about the junior sahaba. For the stay of any one of them for a brief period. With Rasulullah is far better than all the good deeds that any one of you does in his entire lifetime. So imagine, what could you clock up? If you live you know, an incredible life, Allah bless you with a long life. Let's say you die at the age of 150 and you were given health till the last day and you were living a life of an year. How many good deeds could you total? You lose count. Ibn Umar goes, all of that is not even equivalent to a small time period that these companions stayed with the Prophet. So why are you cursing them? He says, why are you finding fault with them? If anybody can find fault with any, it's them with you. Mm-hmm. On another occasion, Abdullah ibn Umar he said, Do not curse the companions of Muhammad for one of them to stand for an hour is still far better than the deeds performed by one of you over his entire lifetime. 
This is an Ibn Abi Asim in his Kitab al-Sunnah. And Shaykh al-Bani stated Sahih in his checking, number 1006. So if I was to ask you, what does that mean to stand for an hour? So obviously you're thinking of Salat. It could be referring to Jihad, whatever the case. They're standing for one hour is better than your entire lifetime of deeds, said Abdullah ibn Umar. So again, to reiterate, if our beloved Messenger just rebuked such hallowed souls as the junior companions, who the likes of us are incapable of catching, for speaking any ill towards the senior companions, then what on earth would he have said to us in this regard? So again, this is so simple. Yeah, how common is this ailment? People, people speaking ill of Sahaba, anything. And you've got every right to come out with that phrase. Where did you pop out from? And he, and he goes, why did you say that? I'm an academic. And he goes, you're digging your own grave. So then you have to explain to him. You say, are you, you, know, you just pick a Sahaba. Are you like Khalid bin Walid? And he goes, what are you talking about? You know, he's one of the great companions. That's what's confusing me. Rasulullah rebuked him for finding fault with the senior sahab. You're finding fault with them. What would he have said to you? And they still you keep like, you know, then finally something might drop. Oh, oh, he woke up. So this is the whole point. Allah Ta'ala has made a distinction between them. Those who spent and fought before the victory, which is probably in reference to the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, are greater than those who spent and fought after. Why did he say that? Because he's saying that there's a different rank amongst the companions. The demarcation is the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, according to the soundest view, but we respect the other view. Why has he done that? You go to the Hadith of the Prophet because Rasulullah was warning the junior sahab, don't speak ill or argue with regards to the senior companions. And they learned their lesson. Where are we in this equation? We don't even, we're not even fit to be in the equation. And yet people speak ill. And that's why Hafiz Zahabi, they said that it is one of the major sins to find fault with the companions. It's not a sin, because it's one of the qabair. Why? Because you're, you're kindling the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, to consider. So now, apply to Amr. So according to the first view, if the Fath in Surah Hadid is referring to the fall of Makkah, then he belongs to the senior Sahaba. Because the Quran is saying that they are greater than those who came, spent and fought after the victory. But according to the more authentic view, he is not a senior companion. Why? Because he embraced Islam after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And the Treaty of Hudaybiyah is the demarcation line. So now, with regards to the companions, reflect. In Nasai and Mishkat, our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Honor my companions, for indeed they are the best of you. In Nasai and Mishkat. So the Prophet gave you the answer and he explained the answer. He goes, Akrimu ashabi. When he says Sahab Akram or Ikram, what does Ikram mean in Urdu? It means honorable. 
the Quran Kareem, the honorable Quran. The Prophet used the same word. Akrimu ashabi, honor them. Then he told you why. Fa'innahum khiyarukum. For verily, they are the best of you. So there's the answer. Why do we need to their men? I'm a man. They're a man. I'm a woman. They're a woman. There's a big difference. What they're, they're the best of us. The Prophet said it. So the Prophet goes honor them because of that. Those where does finding false speaking ill of such chosen and hallowed souls fit into this divine command? It was for this reason our beloved messenger said to one and all sallallahu I recommend to you my sahaba. I sallallahu recommend to you my companions. This is a Dirmadi, Hassan Sahih Gharib, Ibn Majah Ahmad Darakutni. So think about this. Was our beloved messenger's recommendation incorrect? Was it faulty? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid. Think about that. This is what people want you to think. There's something wrong with the sahaba. Then you go, the Prophet recommended them. So let's put it into our language that we understand. If somebody recommends to you a plumber, what does that mean? He's putting his name on the line. If the plumber comes, smashes your boiler up, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to go back to the one who recommended him. Why did you recommend him? And he goes, why? Because he, he did a butchup job. So it's a, it's, a, it's a stain on the one who's recommending. Something goes wrong with your car, you recommend a mechanic. So you go with the recommendation, you write your car off. You stay onto the phone, why did you recommend this bozo? Are you going to say the same for Rasulullah? Rasulullah said, I recommend to you my companions. And you go, no. Isn't that a type of kufr? If the Prophet recommends, we're more than happy. This is the best of all recommendations. Marhaba, welcome. And what do these fruitcakes do? No, no welcome. We're going to find and dig some out on them. The reason for the eminent status of these truly elite souls is that it is through them we have received our entire religion. Abu Musa al-Ashari relates that our beloved messenger said, My companions are the trustees for my entire ummah. Subhanallah. My companions are the trustees for my entire ummah. This is in Sayyid Muslim. Ahmed in his Muslim, Mishkat. I think about that. Somebody goes, this person's a trustee. Trustee of what? He goes, he's the trustee of this organization. That's a big responsibility. He's like the one who's looking after it. Any problems, you go to him. Somebody goes, who's the trustees of the entire Ummah? What are you talking about, brother? Well, I'm just asking you. Who's the trustees? King Fahd, right? And he goes, I, I don't understand the question. You don't need to understand it. The Prophet said, my companions are the trustees for my entire ummah. Trustees for what? <laughs> Think about that. What are they protecting? <laughs> your entire religion, your fruitcake. <laughs> if you target them, you've targeted the foundation of Islam. You put dynamite, TNT on the concrete. Right? Meaning you're going to destroy the deen. <laughs> the Prophet's telling you again, but again, 
ignore these reports those those fools who target them are in reality undermining the entire deen allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves then the prophet went from another angle mukamishi looked the sahab the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said leave my companions for my sake leave my companions radiyallahu ta'ala anhum for my sake this is in nasai number 10943 ahmad in his musnad 3-266 bazar number 2779 al-haytami in majma az-zawaid 10-15 with a sahih chain of transmission so god forbid let's go with them okay you found something let's go with it i'm not saying you have but i'm just going to go with your chain of thought you found something in muawiyah Right? Okay. Even then, what did the Prophet say? Leave my companions for my sake. So even if you're right, you're disobeying the Prophet. He goes, for my sake, in other words, like you get people intervening, you see people about to come to blows, and somebody jumps in the middle. He goes, for my sake, you know, calm down. And then what happens? You see the person is grunting and groaning but then he, he respects that person. So he steps back. Not because he doesn't want to come to blows, he's showing his love for that person. That he even might say it. If it wasn't for you, I would have taught him a lesson. Then he storms out. The Prophet was saying, do that for my sahab. Leave them for my sake. Yet, another divine commander at the window. This sacred recommendation would only be given if all his majestic students had passed with flying distinctions and were to be role models of the highest order for those who were to come after them. If there was going to be any rotten apples, all these hadith don't make sense. They have to be all A+. And... To conclude, the Prophet clearly said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Verily, the Jews split into 71 sects, the Christians into 72 sects, and my Ummah will split into 73 sects, all of them in the fire except one. Hmm. The companions asked, Radiyallahu ta'ala, Who is that safe group, Ya Rasulullah? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, that which I and my companions are upon. This is in Abu Dawood, number 4956, Tirmadi, number 2641, Tabulani in his Ausat, 8-22, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 1-219, Sahih. Ibn Hiban 15-125 in his Al-Ihsan, Sahih. Ibn Abi Asib in his As-Sunnah, number 63-9, Mishkat. Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in his As-Sahihah, number 203-4. Flawless report. So what did the Prophet say? My Ummah is going to split. They're going to be misguided. They're still Muslims. They're not Kufar, but they're going to be misguided. Who is that same group? Except one the Prophet said. The Prophet did not say this. Now this is so important. He didn't say the one that I'm upon. Now, why is that important to highlight? Because some food cakes, what did they say? Quran and Sunnah, brother. I'm calling you to Quran and Sunnah. Then you go, what about the Sahaba? He goes, what about them? You know, blinkers on, right? And then you go, you're leaving the Sahaba out of the equation. 
Quran and Sunnah to them. And then what happens? You see it. You see the misguidance of these people. Because they've left the companions, they've taken them away from the, from the Hidayat. Your response is, I'm upon the Quran and Sunnah and that which the companions of Rasulullah are upon. He did not say that which I and the senior companions are upon. He did not say that which I and the Muhajirun and the Ansar are upon. He did not say, he said all my companions. If he said all of them, can there be any rotten apples? So when a person starts pushing me on this, when they're monafics, yes. What, what's, so what are you saying? Companions are not monafics. Monafics, they're separate. There's no monafic companions, you fruitcake. Right? Abdullah ibn Ubay was not a companion. He was a chief hypocrite. Right? So you have to explain that. Yes, they saw the Prophet, but they weren't, they weren't Muslims. Forget about being Sahaba. Right? They weren't even Muslims. The companions, each and every one of them, are guides. So why have I mentioned this at length here? Because when I quoted that verse, in which Allah made a demarcation between the companions, He was talking about the companions. He wasn't talking to us. Shaitan will whisper that into your heart. That's interesting. And then what will you say? Well, Junior Saab, they don't deserve as much respect as the senior Saab. Where have you popped into the equation? Allah is talking to the junior Saab here. Don't speak ill. Don't speak back to the senior companions. You've got no say in the matter whatsoever. And just to add, as is more obvious, if the junior Saab spent a mountain of gold, which is impossible, Who's got a mountain of gold? So that's just a hypothetical. But if a junior sahaba could spend a mountain of gold, they could not reach half a kilo of foodstuff which the senior sahaba give, then think about this. Then what is the reward for Rasulullah? So imagine Abu Bakr. What could he do to equate to Rasulullah? He can't. So Allah is teaching you something here. The greater the individual, the more impossible for the lower ranks to reach them. But he didn't mention the Prophet. Why? Because his deeds are you know, beyond comprehension. So again, to highlight, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, he belonged therefore to the junior companions because he embraced Islam after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. But if a person believes in the first viewpoint to be correct, he falls under the senior companions because they believe that the Fath is the fall of Makkah. But the problem with that view is why would the Prophet rebuke Khalid? Because he also embraced Islam before the fall of Makkah. So how do you explain that? There's no way to explain that unless you say that there's an error taking place here. But of course Allah Ta'ala knows that. Are there any questions? سبحان الله بحمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واغفر لي ما يشبه ذلك سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون السلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الاصل الانسان في خصم الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات واصبحوا حق واصبحوا صبر سبحان